Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Are you laying awake at night wondering if you're going to have enough money to pay the bills, let alone retire? Well, in this show, your vision will be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families over the past 20-plus years, and I'm proud to say I've never lost $1 of my clients' money. I will share with you secrets I've learned over two decades that only a few rich know and have been around. These secrets have been around for centuries. You know, most Americans aren't prepared for their golden years, let alone today. So no matter what your financial status is, you can be prepared to enjoy your life and never run out of money. So what we're going to do is we're going to share with you lots of great information and tips on how to make these challenges. And today, we're going to talk about growing younger, not older, in spirit and emotion. Each year as you progress joyfully with purpose through the best years of your life. So we've only yet begun, and my guest today is Roy Richard, and I'm really happy to have him on the show. You know, 13 years ago, he had a great awakening from 30 years, as he said, sleepwalking through life, and that's how he transformed and changed his life, actually climbing the corporate ladder and owning small businesses and navigating through family and social relationships, through the years, Roy has been blessed and realized greatness. And that basically, when you reach the age of 40, 50, or even 60, that's when middle age can be your best age. That's the name of his weekly program. He also has a show on Web Talk Radio, and that's what you're listening to, Web Talk Radio. Roy is also the author of two books, Midlife Challenge, Wake Up for Personal Renewal, and his business leadership book, Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines for Lagging Entrepreneurs. Roy, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Well, I love to return. Uh, Chris was on my show a while ago and uh, did a lot of good for our listeners, and I'll try to contribute something to your listeners today. Well, I'm sure you can give us a whole lot of goodies here because you've had such a a fascinating life. You know, you you were one of those Phi Beta Kappa Magna Cum Laude, <laughs> and you and you got your MBA and you climbed the corporate ladder and you actually were the um, went all the way up and you actually were the chief financial officer of a West Coast insurance company. That must have been exciting. Well, that was exciting and traumatic because. Uh... <laughs> I was only in that position really for a couple of years. What happened is I was uh, on a, a senior staff member of the parent company back in uh, Connecticut, a company that was called Continental Group. At the time, it was a diversified manufacturing and uh, also at some point in time got into the insurance business, which the executives back in Connecticut really didn't understand and uh, got promoted out of this a nice job out in California 
But as I got out there and become it became increasingly apparent that the company had been growing too fast and they didn't have effective financial controls in place. And as we worked like a devil to get those in place and had a great time doing it, it became increasingly apparent that a lot of the uh, business the company had put on the books was not good business. <laughs> we started really struggling. And about that time, there was a corporate takeover of the uh, parent company by one of those infamous corporate raiders who then started chopping up the parent company, and we were put on the market along with a lot of the other divisions. And uh, so it was a pretty traumatic time by that point in time. And actually, I was coughed out when, um, so typical when there's a change in ownership, we were sold and uh, new owners came in and they, uh, you know, first thing they wanted to do was clean house. And the first guy to go was the CEO and the second guy to go was the CFO. (laughs) So I was kind of left out hanging out. And uh, the nice thing is I had a real nice severance package about a year with full salary and benefits paid. And I could have, at that point in time, really looked at myself and uh, asked myself what I really wanted to do with my life. But instead, I just scrambled around trying to find a job just like the one I'd lost for a while. And then as it became apparent and I panicked more and more, instead of really deciding what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, I just uh, basically started up a small brokerage, wholesale brokerage in the uh, wholesale insurance market doing primarily the same type of stuff I'd been doing before. I mean, it was the same industry, but I wasn't really having that great a time at that either. You know, I was making enough money, but I was, you know, could never take a vacation. I didn't have, uh, really wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing with my life and uh, got a couple kids through college during that period, but I really was not doing the thing that I love to be doing, which is, uh, you know, what I'm doing now. Right, right. Well, you know, once, you know, I really like the way that you you, you talk about, and, and this is what I'm trying to help people with, you know, not only get their finances together for pre-retirement, which yeah. is a word that we coined, plan retirement early, so your money, your health, your peace of mind is there when you need it. So not only do you got to get your finances together, but you got to get your state of mind together because you can actually, you know, think yourself old. So I really like the, the, where you're going with this. And once your finances are in order, how are you going to make the most of your retirement years? This seems to be what you're focusing on now, huh? Yes, that's exactly right. Like you say, obviously, first you have to get your finances in order because there's nothing worse And this is true whether you're still working for a living or, uh, you know, hopefully it's an age where you can retire. If you're constantly worried about where the next paycheck's going to come from or how you're going to pay bills six months down the road or even next month, you're certainly not going to have a relaxed and and joyful retirement living or any kind of living. And so it's really all about. Right, and that's why what we've, you know, a lot of people that I'm running into that are like midlife or, you know, even 40s thinking that they're almost, you know, it's almost over. It's such a silly way to think, but I'm seeing like a whole revolution of entrepreneurs that are actually going, you know what, they're actually creating a second life and taking what they're passionate about and creating a business or, or a hobby around it so that they can enjoy their life and give back and share with others. Yes, that's so important. Don't you see that as a trend? Yes, I definitely do. It's uh, 
you know, partly forced by finances. I think, especially in the recent two or three years when there was such a hit to so many's retirement uh, package. But what I would hope is that people are doing that regardless of whether their uh, retirement package is sound or not, because you want to be doing that from the heart and not out of panic, and <laughs> because you've right. got to make some more money. Exactly. There's nothing sadder than at 78, uh, and and maybe you love to greet people every day, but at 78, you're (laughs) (laughs) trudging down to Walmart to to stand (laughs) there and watch, or say go out in the cold, and of course you don't have the cold out there in California, but we do in the Midwest, trudging out in the freezing uh, cold to be a school crossing guard or something for peanut pay to, uh, you know, in the middle of winter, just because you need that desperately need the money. That's not the way to go. It's so true. You know, I've had clients, you know, I've counseled, you know, thousands of people in 22 plus years. And what I found was, you know, I had this one client, Joe, he was, they'd actually, him and his wife had gotten so their house turned upside and they got so destitute they were basically living on peanut butter and crackers oh and you know and and they can't and like you said they're in their late 70s and it's really hard to find a job other than greeter at walmart or or sweeping sidewalks it's pretty sad i had one client that actually you know it's very confusing that people don't know what to do he actually had dementia and um, he was honest, going to drive across country to see his his family. Oh, and he was in a, it, it, But what happened was he got lost, oh. and he ended up ending up in Vegas, going down some road, ended up at this ranch, didn't know where he was, didn't know who he was. The, the, I guess the, ultra, the dementia hit him or something. Yeah. He ended up drinking water out of a horse trough, and the police oh, wow. finally found the poor guy. Oh. But, you know, these are things that, Whatever, even whether it's a financial or it's a physical ailment, you know, you have to be prepared, and not only financially but spiritually and emotionally, on on aging and changing the way you think about it, right? To thinking young. Very definitely. Here, I, you said the fellow ended up in Vegas. I thought it was going to be a, a happy story that he walked into the uh, roulette table at a casino. No, <laughs> no. it was it was kind of sad for his family. You know, just he was lost. They had to put an yeah, ATV out on him. That's really you know, scary, they, actually. Yes, because you know, with that kind of disease, and there's a huge percentage of people that end up having that, but. I don't know what it is when you're young. You just don't ever think you're going to die in no. your body or something. And so, I think uh, I don't. I'm not a physician, obviously, and I'm not an expert. But I think the incident of dementia must be a lot higher for people that are under stress and uh, you know not satisfied with what they're doing in their retirement years and uh, really don't have any goals and objectives. And obviously, if they're not taking care of their health, getting out and exercising right. each day and doing things they like to do. I'm sure that exactly. contributes to dementia, but uh, that's exactly that's exactly why what you know pre-retirement is planned retirement early, so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there. So people have to take care of themselves and exercise and eat right. Of course, I believe in you know being vegetarian and no killing, but yeah. you know there's a lifestyle that you can live. But all of a sudden, there you are, Roy, and you've got two thousand hours plus a year that was normally for your job now what are you going to become a couch potato and just 
drink beer and watch TV, or you're going to be creative with your life and give back. What are you going to do? Yeah, I like to say that, uh, you know, somebody that has taken your advice and is prepared for retirement so that they can uh, quit working for a living and, uh, well, maybe they, you know, they, maybe they want to work some part-time, but it's not for the money. It's for the joy of what they're doing. And, uh, well, maybe it's for the adventure of making more money, but it's not out of necessity. It's because that's what they want to do with their lives and while they're contributing, obviously, to others. But that I always compare with, uh, like many, uh, winning a lottery because uh, no longer is financial concern your primary concern in life. You're set financially, so what are you going to do with all that time? And it's it's ridiculous to sit around, like you say, as a couch potato, and just because you're over 65 or 60 or whatever age, to say that I no longer have anything left to contribute in my life. But the point is, what you want to contribute is something you want to be doing. You volunteer for those kind of activities you're good at, you can add value to, and you can uh, bring other people along. You don't volunteer for something that uh, that you hate doing. <laughs> like, I'm not a good fundraiser, and I wouldn't want to volunteer to going around the neighborhood soliciting for uh, whatever the cause. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I've had years in business, and I'd love to counsel uh, aspiring business people and of course what I like to do is uh, counsel people whose business is lagging on how to motivate their uh, middle-aged employees and their older employees so that the whole company basically renews together and uh, each person has their own objectives for their career and also a balanced lifestyle and it, and it translates into a, the common good and you, you come up with a, a balanced plan for the company as a whole and uh, I think right. that is possible, but uh, so well, what few kind of tips? What kind of tips would you would you tell someone, say, with a small business owner? What kind of tips would you give them in that point? Well, I would say most of all to to find out more about the people working for them. I think so many leaders isolate themselves. They may show them, well, I'm, this is not a real small business, obviously, but. Uh, in a larger business, they may show up at the annual picnic in July or the company Christmas party and be buddy buddies, and, but they don't really know their employees. They don't know the jobs that their employees are doing. They don't know the stress and the pain and the problems that they're under. They don't really understand what people want out of their lives. So what I'd like to do is uh, one of the exercises I recommend is a company-wide, uh, well, not all doing it at once, but say department by department or employee by employee do a little mental vacation exercise where the employee sits down and decides what they really want out of the rest of their career. And then, uh, you know, you get together and decide whether that's something that we can provide as an employer and and how we come together in some kind of a compact. And, uh, you know, you may lose a few employees like that, but the type of employees who really have a a future design on their career and what they want to do that uh, doesn't match what your company needs, those probably aren't employees that you'd want to be around for a long, the long haul anyway. So that, uh, right. you know, it's really well, doing, you, yeah, it's just encouraging the people that to work, that work for you to, uh, and of course, giving them more responsibility along with, uh, accountability. You can't give one without the other, obviously, but there, there's a whole right. raft of things you can do as a business leader to uh, regenerate more positive momentum in your company. Of course, constant change is another key element that you have to deal with these days. And so it's best to, uh, you know, us old 
middle-aged type people are, you know, have a problem with change often, and it's well, best to do. Well, that's why I like to, you know, tell people, you know, even even what you just said, we we old middle-aged people. Now, now technically that may be true, but I like it's almost like a a brainwashing where you actually you're not old. Yeah, I know, misspoke. I should, <laughs> I was using that guy, as a. And I think. You know, part of that was the way I was raised. My dad was working till he was 91. Yeah, wow. And he would have kept working, but he had a bad knee and fell and broke his femur bone and, yeah. you know, went through a trauma. So that, our family, I think, has put this in my brain that, you know, we're going to live to 100. So that's the goal. Yeah. And people, but people, a lot of people I talk to in their 70s and 80s, and I go, well, you're going to live to 100. And, they're, and the way they react is, oh, no. They're having such a miserable life. They don't want to live to 100. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not the length of life. It's the quality of life. uh, Exactly. You know, I can see why people that are um, in a nursing home facility or a, you know, ultimate care facility would not want to live that much longer because they really don't have much to live for. But uh, that's the subject of another program. That's such a good point, Roy. And that's what has really inspired me to talk a lot to people about the long-term care protection so that you could stay in your own home because 7 out of 10 of us over 65 have a catastrophic illness and have to go to a nursing home. But it's not an age-driven thing. It isn't. Nursing homes aren't just for old people. I think it's something like 3 out of 7 that end up under 65 end up in a convalescent care because of the DRG rule in the hospital, which is, Get you out of there as soon yeah. as possible, right? Yeah. They're right. less than three days or they make less money. So it's really important that you have long-term care insurance so you can stay in your own home, create your life over again, and create a, create a second business or a second life for yourself. No, that's very true. No, I like to say that uh, middle age starts around 40 and it runs to question mark, question mark, question mark, <laughs> because there's <laughs> right. no reason that somebody who's, 75 does not have to cannot consider themselves middle age if they want to and it's all in the the point of view what kind of plans do i have for the future and what can i do today to help somebody or to accomplish some task and if you have uh, something in mind for each day and also obviously you may not be able to implement all your long-term plan because it's in god's hands just when you know right we leave or uh, have a debilitating illness or whatever, obviously, when we get older. But uh, if you always have a future plan in mind, what I call I like to call a strategic plan, which companies have those, there's no reason that uh, individuals, in, when they're getting ready or planning to retire or after they're retired, can't have a uh, long-term strategic plan for their lives. And that, of course, also includes your side, the financial side, as well as the uh, mental side. But, uh, it's so it's so important because it, that plan gives you the energy to get up in the morning. You have something to live exactly. for and strive for. And without a plan, there's nothing. What are you doing? It's just tre- like treading water or something. But what I think happens a lot is, you know, the self-confidence and the assurance, you know, when say you've, you're not the chief financial officer of the big insurance company anymore, did you, did you yourself, when you left the job, I know you were glad to get out of there because it was chaos, but did, did you kind of go through an identity crisis because you got a lot of prestige with that? Or Well, that's something I really talk at length in my book about, that you've got to 
define yourself as more than chief uh, financial officer, chief marketing officer, whatever, or whatever. It, uh, you know, that's just one aspect of your life, and you're not in the least a less valuable individual or a creation just because you're no longer at the position you were in before. But, uh, you know, there's so many aspects of that. You're, you have to be self-directed once you're no longer in a prestigious or not so prestigious job, you're really on your own and it's up to you to define, uh, you know, what your future plans are and what you're going to do today. And it's also time to tune out all those silly neighbors and uh, people around who think that the only value of a person is what, uh, you know, when you go to a party, they ask you what you do for a living and you say you're retired, you're suddenly valued less in their mind than if you say I'm CFO of such and such a company, I mean, that's just balderdash. It's ridiculous. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, it's your heart. I mean, you could, I mean, none of this, all these little things are like props, but it's really who you are inside that really matters for sure. And that's why it matters so much that you have a plan and your outlook for your future, regardless right. of whether you're working or not. But, uh, right. So planning ahead. So when you're phasing into retirement, do you think part-time work is a realistic option since most people are never going to retire now with the way the economy is? You know, that's, that's once again, it's just like uh, what I talk about career transition in my book. It's just the same if you're, uh, whether you're 45 or 65, if uh, what your ultimate goal is obviously to get someone, if you need to earn money and uh, you're not just doing it for a hobby or, or because you want to, you need to find somebody that'll pay you to have a good time. And uh, we always tell people to sit down first and define, write out even an ideal position description and uh, then go from there. You know, you may, like if I sat down and said, I want to be a physician and I'm 55 and I've never gone to medical school, that's not likely okay. to happen. So then I start to, you know, fitting the, the things I like about being a physician, you know, promoting people's health and uh, making them feel better and all that kind of thing, and think of the kind of things that uh, might be able to contribute that would be more in line with what my background qualifications are, like maybe uh, hospital management or opening a health food store or, uh, you know, even multi-level marketing of health products. I mean, that's going to an extreme <laughs> other end right. of the spectrum, but uh, there are other things well you, you basically right. you find what you, you define what you'd really like to do with the rest of your life, and then you uh, then your next task is to appoint uh, yourself as project manager of uh, marketing manager to sell one product, and that's you, and then you go out and look for people that might be uh, that you could offer your services to doing what you're really good at and what you really like to do. And uh, obviously you do some background checking on those potential employers so that you go in there with some ideas and, and some presentation of here I am. And uh, I know, you know, I know enough about your company or your business that here's what I potentially could do for you without obviously sounding like you know it all. But right. you'd be a mile ahead of a, a competition that just goes in there and says, well, this is what I did with so-and-so, and this is my background, and you can see how qualified I am. <laughs> but yeah, you don't right. really ha have any great new ideas, and you don't really seem all that enthusiastic in the interview. 
Yeah, it's uh, if you go in there and know where you're coming from and what you're doing, it sure changes it. For those of you that are just joining us, you're listening to Web Talk Radio, and our show is called Ready, Set, Retire. And my special guest is Roy Richards, and Roy is talking to us about growing younger, not older, in spirit and emotion each year with lots of joy. So, Roy, this would be a good time to share with everybody how could they could reach out to you and get your book or ask you questions or maybe even speak with you about some consulting services that you might do. Well, they can certainly go to my website, www.middleagerenewal.com, or uh, you know they can reach me at Roy at middleagerenewal.com, or certainly I'd uh, welcome phone inquiries. If you want me to give me a phone number, I can do that. Sure. It's 515 area code 2219902. We'd be happy to take phone inquiries, and I'd very much like to either counsel you or coach you as a midlife individual who's maybe struggling with some issues, and or I'd love to speak to your organization. You know, I also like to talk to business owners who are trying to revitalize their operations. So, it's, you know, Great. we're here for that purpose. That's wonderful. And those of you that want to um, reach out to me, my name is Chris Miller, and I'm the author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. You can go over to my website, which is Ready for Pre-Retirement. That's R-E-A-D-Y-F-O-R-P-R-E-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T.com. When you go over there, there's a free article on the three myths of financial planning. Go ahead and grab that. And we are working on an estate planning course that's going to be totally online. We're going to share these secrets that are actually places and information been around since the Middle Ages, places where you could actually store your money, make 6.5 interest compounded for income that you can never outlive, get a 10% bonus when you roll your money. There are actually places out there where you can invest money, and when you take the money out, it can totally be tax-free. So depending on your age, your health, your wealth, we customize plans for people so you can be ready for pre-retirement. So go ahead and reach out to us, and you can also email me at chris, K-R-I-S, at ready for pre-retirement. And you can give me a call, too, at 951-926-4158. And if you're interested in our in our new estate planning course, Pre-Retirement Mastery, then you can send me an e- email, and we will hook you up with that program. So back to this good good talk. Hey, I, I better here. check on those drachmas I put away in 1308 and see how. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pull the drachmas out, right? <laughs> They're probably worth a lot by now. Yeah, I, I blew. You gave me an opportunity. I wanted to promote my two books. Like I said, a midlife challenge. Wake up! It's uh, for individuals. It's like a step-by-step guide, not a bunch of theory or anything like that. We have like 21 self-help exercises to, uh, you know, wake up, as I call it, wake up to life. I always in there. I have what I call the went to sleep on date, which is the last date you were truly happy and inspired. And uh, it's time to, you know, the breweries have the born on dates. We have the went to sleep on date in there. 
And then we've got Wake Up Captain and Crew, the business leadership book that tells you how to recreate and re-energizing a lagging enterprise and participants midstream. And you can uh, get those books on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or on our website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. Great. Well, give me, give me one of the tips. Give me a tip out of that book uh, that you were just talking about. The first one, well, I'll give you one out of the Midlife uh, Midlife. Challenge Wake Up. Well, the first tip would be, I would, uh, as a first step, if I decided, and we have an exercise in there to determine whether it would really help a person to renew or not. Sometimes, you know, you may not know if you're really that satisfied with life. Most people, it's if they're really dissatisfied, know it, but uh, we have people go through and take like a 30-day inventory, and if you're not... uh, inspired and and happy and excited about most days of your life out of that 30-day period, you probably will benefit from renewal. And then the first thing we do is have people take an inventory, and this doesn't sound very positive for renewal, but one of the first things we do is to list out everything that's negative about your life today and uh, go in depth on, on when that negative emotion started, who was really responsible, and I hopefully you're not just saying somebody else is responsible because uh, that doesn't get you very far long term. But you go through all these negatives and then uh, you you ask yourself, what's my current response to this negative in my life and what is the response I want in the future that could possibly uh, overcome this negative aspect of my life. Then as the set, once we have all the negatives laid out and we know who the enemies are, then we look at the positive aspect of everything that's uh, positive about my life today. And uh, then once we, you know, think about all those, we ask ourselves, am I really using this positive, this talent or this, uh, what I like to do, uh, things I like about my life or have in the past? Am I using that talent today, and how can I bring that out? And, uh, you know, we go from there. We take an overall inventory of where we are today, and then we say to ourselves, if we're dissatisfied, you know, today is the bottom, and uh, from here on, here's the way we uh, make the future better than today. And then we have a number of exercises that, uh, you know, focus in, visualize just what we want from the future, and then go after it. It's it's uh, fairly, you know, step-by-step process with a number of self-help exercises that'll uh, basically what the goal is to uh, transform, not not change. You know, you really, it's kind of the new, improved version of you. It's uh, not going to obviously change completely who you are, or what you, your background, but uh, we're going to build on that background. And uh, interestingly enough. If you reach one of two conclusions, they're both positive for the future. You may conclude that just about everything I did in the past was uh, wrong and I screwed up in so many things. But uh, the positive aspect of that is I now know myself better. I know why I made these bad mistakes in the future, and I'm far more prepared to make the right decision going forward. The other uh, conclusion might be that most of the decisions I made in the past were the right ones, and I'm pretty satisfied with uh, what I did in the past. And if, if I've had setbacks, uh, setbacks recently, I'm convinced that because I've been able to make the right decisions in the past, I can make the right decisions again going forward. So you can uh, reach a positive picture of the future based on either of those conclusions that you make. 
we only look at the past as a guide to the future, never in regret and never to, you know, what, what if or why did I do this? That's not the way yeah, to go is, about it. Exactly. And, and that such, it really works. I mean, I, wa- I watch that in my life and it's so subtle the way that your own mind can sabotage you. But yeah. if you have that positive mindset, even on, stumbling and failing, everything's a blessing. So you can turn something really negative into a positive, learn from it, because really earth is just a schoolroom. We're in school on earth. That's how I look at it. That's exactly that, right. Yeah, I don't think the death is the end. So, no, you know, we're going through this process, and, and when you have the mindset you're talking or knowing, you know, just believing in that, that you're going to be a success, you hang in there, you will be. Yep, exactly. Think, you know, most people just give up, and that's why they don't become successful because they, they their own brain discourages them, and then they believe those negative thoughts instead of staying with up up thoughts. Keeping yeah, and then, and it's so easy to to blame someone else. I even oh yeah, my right. wife had a friend, interestingly enough, that before last fall's election said she was going to die if Barack Obama was not reelected. <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous I mean your life oh, is no. going to be dependent on who happens to be president of the United oh, States as if Barack Obama George Bush or whoever is going to reach out to you and say hey I'm the president everything's right. going to be roses from here on right. out your life has changed now <laughs> yeah. right. if you know exactly if you're you you were like in control of your own joy in other words you you can't blame anybody or it really really is up to, up to you but Speaking, uh, speaking of spouses, what you know when you're when you're traveling around with, with your partner and your, your spouse, and and what do you what happens? Let's just say, uh, okay, you both kind of hitting retirement at the same time. Yeah. Now, what's that like? Is it are you guys going to be in a big disagreement on how are you going to spend your retirement years? Or, or well, I certainly there? hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, obviously the two of you need to get together long before you're actually retired to work it out as a partnership of what you want to accomplish in post-retirement. And I have to, a uh, confession to make, it, uh, I'm so wrapped up in, uh, you know, what I've been doing in uh, my books and promoting those in the radio program I have and other things that I love to do that I probably don't pay enough attention to what my wife really wants out of retirement and I should be spending more time with her and uh, with her interests. But, uh, you know, that's something that is, uh, we have had uh, three nice cruises in the past year and a half. So, you know, oh, well, we have been doing nice. some, some fun things yeah. together. But uh, Well, that's pretty cool. But And, and maybe there's something that you're, you, you can find a common, something you can share and to do together that helps that's, you. That's what we need right. to do. That's what I need right. to work on is uh, right. find something that she really, enjoys in her life and uh, see if we can't do more of that together right and and then be able to work it together with what you're doing on on even on your show that that would be neat that's right so what kind of what is the what retirement lifestyle you know and i really want to a part of my goal is to change this model of retirement because you know the word actually means putting cows out to pasture and (laughs) i don't really like that idea and so i wanted to change the concept of retirement so what i did that's why we call it pre-retirement and using that retirement is in a state of mind so i am retired now even though i'm working 
So I, that's a kind of consciousness I'm trying to pass on to transform the way that people are thinking about, oh, well, I turned 65 and I die and I'm out to pasture. Yeah, that's that this means, garbage right? about, you know, once you're 65, you're just out on the golf course or out fishing all day. I mean, if you want to do that, that's great. But uh, yeah. like you say, that, that word is not a particularly good word to use. It's really a transition into what should be the best years of your life as long as you maintain your health because now you no longer have to find someone to pay you to have a good time. You can have a good time and you serve others just because you want to do that and you're good at doing that and uh, you don't have to worry about someone else paying you to do that. And it takes a lot of the uh, the burden yeah. off your life. Yeah. You don't have a boss coming in and assigning you a project that you don't want to do. Exactly. <laughs> Unless your wife is your boss. <laughs> well, I don't think you want that either. you got to be your own boss and, no, and find the joy in your passion and find the way that you can help others. Yeah, but, there should be no bosses in a, in a good marriage. There's a partnership exactly. there. I'm just, Part- I shouldn't have used that term. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's an old wives tale, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, but, but, it, but people are growing out of that, and then some people are still in that because they're learning how to have good relationships. Yeah. But, but, you know, in, in that perfect scenario of an, a state of mind, which includes the health or the state of mind, and finding your joy and finding what your passion is, then you can actually dial in your niche, your, you know, the people that yeah. you want to talk to. But haven't you noticed, I have, that there's a huge trend right now, especially I've been going to a lot of meetings, a lot of, you know, multimillionaire, a lot of people with wealth and those that are trying to get wealth. The, the model now seems to be it's about helping people. People are more interested overall, I'm sure, not everybody. But there's a good portion of people that I'm running into that want to give back. Well, that's wonderful. I, I, I hope your yeah. your trend, your observation is correct because that's exactly what we need in this country right now is less finger-pointing and less of this pettiness and uh, right. more really desiring to help others and uh, work together to find solutions rather than you versus them, which we hear so much. I get so sick of this talk radio, you know, where one side is criticizing the other party and, you know, yeah. it, it just gets so tiresome. And, uh, and I think that, that lady that said that she was going to die that uh, if Barack Obama isn't reelected, I think she sits around most of the day watching these, uh, you know, these right. Fox News, or not Fox News, because that's <laughs> the other side, probably MSNBC, right. that kind of news. But she just, uh, yeah. you know, basically is listening to all this, these talking heads with their bitterness and the class and being all this kind of garbage that uh, just doesn't really accomplish anything. Right. It doesn't help anybody for sure. (laughs) So what kind of lifestyle, I mean, you know, when you're, you're considered yourself retired, but the lifestyle you cherish, you know, and and talking to people, they have to really think about, okay, well, maybe they don't want to work or maybe they do. So they're going to have to figure out how much it's going to cost and are the and here's my point are the lifestyles and finances going to be in sync yeah exactly i always say you've got to crunch the numbers up in advance and develop what i call a lottery winners mentality so that uh, your future decisions are not based on 
financial considerations as much as on what you really want to do with the rest of your life. And if you can develop that mentality up front, even though a lot of lottery winners, of course, don't have the proper lottery winners mentality and blow all their their money because they don't know how to, uh, you know, what they really want out of life and what they want to give back. And those foolish ones usually end up worse off than uh, before they won the, the prize. But uh, if you have that luxury of never again having to worry about putting bread on the table and uh, what can I really give back to others and and what can uh, what am I good at doing that I love to do that will provide benefit to others that really is the uh, the ultimate luxury that anyone has in their life I think right and you know I have to throw this in because this is the way that I think that if people start planning ahead because a lot of people are sitting here listening going you know, I think it's something like 28% of people right now have about $1,000 saved for retirement. Yeah, isn't that so, scary? And, and it is. And the, the unemployment that I have heard is way more higher than what they're telling people on the news. It's oh, yeah, definitely. 28% when you include the people that are, dis- that are in disability or stop looking. And yeah. add all these numbers, this is really bad. Yeah. So a lot of people are, and then a lot of people that are, that were my clients that were, say, in the middle class or upper middle class now have dropped. Their houses are upside down, and they're in their 70s and 80s, and they can't go out and make all this money over, or they reach in their pension and half of it's gone. So people have to be aware. They have to have their money safe. They've yeah. got to make sure that their assets aren't all vested in that stock market where they can lose their principal. And people go, oh, but you've got to, you know, do the stock market. That's the only model people have been taught. You've got to risk your money to make money. And that's that's not the only model out there, and that's what I talk about in my book. Now they're telling you, you hear these ads constantly, just buy more gold. That's going to protect you. But the problem is, of course, that gold does not provide any kind of income in the interim to live on unless you sell the gold and as the last time i looked the gold was only worth about fifteen hundred dollars an ounce and last year it was worth seventeen hundred so that isn't exactly uh, going to town right now right and you're buying at the top of the 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 mountain right now too so but the point is that people have to make sure that their money's safe if they don't have money create some really good places to store money like like we were talking about the index universal life, those products actually have made six to nine percent in the last thirty years, and you can just fund those, overfund them, and when you go to re- you can take that money out totally tax free. Yeah. Now imagine that. Why didn't your broker tell you that? Yeah, and they, and the other part of it is, it's it's. It's just so essential that you get yourself disciplined in advance, whatever you make, and however little, to put a little bit aside, like, you know, the tithe and the, the religious field, you just set a little aside before you spend it so that it's building up this retirement nest egg, which is then invested in this safe, kind of a safe vehicle. That, uh, and it, it, it just makes no sense at all that people live for the moment and live paycheck to paycheck and yet don't put that money aside, not just for the future, but also for for short-term emergencies that they might have. That That is such a good point. And you know, what gets me is that there really is, if people write down their expenses, 
there is discretionary income. There's a few extra lattes every week. Or yeah, there if, is. If they can downsize a few of those and put the, you know, twenty, thirty dollars that they spend a week on their Starbucks or whatever extra yeah. things they do, it's surprising that you could store those way uh, that money away in safe places and have some emergency money and have some money. When you're not working, that you know that's that's the thing to do. Yeah, and we're speaking, of course, primarily to people of middle age and beyond. But uh, if you can only get a hold of those twenty-eight year olds and thirty-two year olds and get them to start putting that money away, they'd be right. so well, far why, ahead by the time. That's why I wrote the book, Pretirement, right? <laughs> yeah. Ready for pretirement. That's for right, the kids but that it's before. There's but nothing that prohibits time. a twenty-year-old from reading that book either. Well, I'm actually finding a lot of them are really enjoying it. And well, that's good. It's surprising me that they're, because there's a lot of stories and inf- inf- interesting info they wouldn't have gotten anywhere else. So I'm getting a good response from younger people. But even 40-year-olds have the extra latte. And I'll tell you, I've counseled people 90 years old, so it's never too late. But if you don't start now when you're younger, it will be too late because you're missing all the advantages. Well, there's only yeah. one day that you can start, and that's now. You obviously can't start in the past. <laughs> that's exactly right. So, it, what in in say in your life, are, do you think about leaving behind a legacy? Is that an important thing for you? Yes, that's an important thing. In fact, in my book, one of the things I one of the exercises I recommend is writing an obituary for yourself and don't put the date on there obviously because we don't want to be oh, more than say 40 or 50 years or whatever in advance. And I tell people to uh, to concentrate on what they want to accomplish from here on, not waste a lot of time, I wouldn't call it wasting time, but don't write a lot about uh, what you've accomplished to date because that really doesn't mean that much. But uh, really think about the legacy you want to leave over the remainder of your life and uh, some of the accomplishments that you would target accomplishing. And then another exercise I love, I tell people to sit back in their uh, rocking chair in 25 or 30 years and pat yourself on the back and uh, sort of go back to the future and imagine everything you've accomplished from this day until that imaginary date in the future and then pat yourself on the back and say congratulations grandma or grandpa you know for the past 25 years I wouldn't trade that life with anyone else in the whole world and then uh, the more you visualize that uh, what you're going to accomplish in the future and then look back on it in your imagination the more uh, chance there is that you're going to achieve some of those things yeah, well, you know that that is actually those are actually exercises that 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 people go through when they're younger, when they're trying to visualize or create their business. Yeah. And, it, and even writing maybe now writing the obituary that might be like, Ugh. but really, if you take the word obituary out, those you're really saying yeah. write the goals that you want to accomplish in your life. Yeah, exactly. Looking back at yourself at 100 years old, seeing, wow, you know, I created the foundation to help feed children, and wow, I, you know, reached out and, and went and sung to some people, seniors in the nursing home, and you feel good about it, and then yeah. you can walk right into fulfilling it, right? Yeah, that's right. The worst thing in the world is to sit back on the last day of your life and regretfully say, what if, or if only, 
you know, thinking oh, of yeah. all those opportunities you had but passed right. up on and uh, and didn't have the courage or the the uh, foresight to accomplish when you're in the past because there's nothing more disappointing to end a life that way. Yes, exactly, and that that's that's exactly the thought I have when I'm making a decision of well, should I do this or not, and it's sort of something I have to leap out in faith and I don't know what's going to happen and I have to trust God and just go for it because I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to go, oh, I should have been, I should have gone for that business or I should have invested there. Or, yeah, you know, that's I don't one want of the, any of those. One of the worst yeah. things is to think about the shouldas or the if-onlys. <laughs> if only I had yeah. completed my education. If only right. I weren't so fat. If only I weren't so short. If only I weren't so uh, impatient and this and yeah. that. and. Uh, you know, that's a really a good excuse for doing nothing. You blame something, uh, you know, my parents didn't teach me. If only they taught me more thrift right. and <laughs> all that kind exactly. of stuff. Exactly. So you've got to fight those shouldas and if onlys. And then and there's the, the third, uh, as soon as such and such, then I'll do this. You know, as soon oh, as my no. rich uncle dies, I'll do what I want to do out of life right. and blah, blah, blah. Those oh, are also right. uh, very self-destructive. Right. And a few of those that I've found even in my midlife uh, basically are, and I already feel that, that I wish I would have spent more time with people that aren't here right now. So yeah. Don't get too caught up, and I'm talking to myself, which is really easy to do with all the busy things of the world, and forget your loved ones and forget your family and your friends, and take time to, to when you go to the grocery store and be nice to that poor person yeah. at the register and and give joy wherever you go because that's to me one of my biggest regrets already was wow I wish I would have spent more time with my grandma instead yeah. of you know what could I get from my grandmother yeah that's a classic story that uh, my wife and I for years took our car to be serviced by a fellow that was probably in his seventies that. Uh, just loved to work on cars, and he had a little garage, and he really didn't need the money, I don't think, at that point. But he just so wrapped up in cars that he kept at it, and uh, we then stopped going to him. And then ran. my wife ran into his wife a while back and learned that he had passed away. And uh, he just worked so, so many hours uh, and so busy on this thing. He loved to do this passion of the cars that... Uh, you know, he didn't uh, really have time for his wife or to build up his relationships, and eventually all the stress and the uh, activity from servicing right. those cars killed him off, and that's right. certainly not what you want. You have to have balance in your life when you're uh, getting older and at any point. That's right. Well, that's right. Well, you know, we've, we're coming towards the end of end of the show here, and I just thought... Um, might be a good time if there's any parting thoughts or cherry on top that you'd like to share with everybody. Well, I'd just say, you know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. I know that's a pretty common thing that everyone says, but by golly, if you're sleepwalking through life, today is the day to wake up. <laughs> it's time right. to be CEO of you and decide what you really want out of the rest of your life and then go for it. And, you know, you have the middle-aged perspective. You can combine the vitality you had back in your youth with all that experience you've accumulated from, say, 20 to 30 years of adult living, and that can be a winning combination if you have the right attitude. Right. That sounds great. Um, and the right attitude will get you through, right? Get yeah, that will get you all through. All bumps and grinds. And so, everybody, this has been Chris Miller 
Ready for Pre-Tirement. I'm the author of that book, and this show is called Ready, Set, Retire. So if you want to reach out to Roy and get his book, Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, or Wake Up, Captain and Crew, sounds like Star Trek. Right. It's not for uh, the nautical. nautical <laughs> Unfortunately, right. some people think it's for ship captains yeah. or uh, sailboat yeah. owners, but it's Keep not. Keep the boat afloat. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the boat afloat. So, um, anyway, again, Roy, uh, everybody can reach out to you. Why don't you give them your website one more time? It's so www.middleagerenewal.com, and also listen in to our program, Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, on this same wonderful network. Wonderful. Great. And those of you that would like to reach out to me again, I'm Chris Miller. I'm the host of Ready, Set, Retire. That's which, who you're listening to on Web Talk Radio. And you can reach out to me at Chris, K-R-I-S, at readyforpretirement.com. Or you can even give me a call, 951-926-4. You get started in learning about how to be ready for pre-retirement and get a course, online course, online estate planning course. I want to thank you all for listening and tune in for our next great show. You have a good day. Found out you can't take a curve at 85. My whole life flashed before my eyes I braced myself to leave this world behind As a million questions raced across my mind Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? I hope I can be a voice of inspiration And my story finds you well Cause when the curtain falls There ain't no second chances And you don't wanna ask yourself Did I live? 
Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? Oh, oh. did I matter?